0: From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and
1: national sports topics of the day. It's The Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting.
0: Ready, break. Now,
1: from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, hello, hello,
2: and welcome to the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock with you, along with Ashley Beach in studio. We also got Ethan Sargent on the phone from New York. It's a busy, busy Uh, Sports fan today, we're going to talk about all the Major League Baseball action from yesterday. The Reds getting a victory in 10 innings in a wild game. We're going to talk about a wild finish in college baseball as well. Recap the NBA Finals and preview the Stanley Cup Final Game 5 tonight. But first, uh, we'll talk Sarge first. How are you doing in New York? Uh, I'm I'm doing all right, Carl. Uh,
1: You know, can't complain. Beautiful. I, I like the uh, intro with the weather. It's beautiful here in New York. 85 degrees, not a cloud in the sky.
2: No smoke. Enjoy um, enjoyed
1: <laughs> No smoke. We got we got rid of the, the the awful smoke that was around last week, and we're back to our normal gorgeous uh, mid-June weather.
2: We got Ashley Beach in studio too, and uh, Ashley, how much baseball were you able to watch last night?
3: I was able to watch the uh, ninth and tenth inning of the Reds game, the ninth inning of the Stanford, Texas game. And I was able to see from work. I could see like a little bit of the TV for the first couple innings of that Reds game. But otherwise, that was that was all I caught, but I caught the most important parts of both those games,
2: and definitely, that Reds game was really important. It was a back and forth game at the end of that game. And really, Really, the more I think about it, the more wonky that game really was. Uh, you had you had Kevin Newman hit a sack fly in the top of the ninth. Uh, the Reds take a four to three lead, and while most of this game is a really feel good story, one thing that does not feel good is what in the world, what in the world is David Bell doing? He sent Buck Farmer out there for a five out save yesterday. A five out save. Um, what are you doing there? Like, come on. Like, I get he didn't have that many. Uh, I get he didn't have that many pitches. I mean, he he finished the two innings. He pitched with twenty five. But come on, and. On, you know, would you believe it? There was a mistake. Salvador Perez had a solo home run, and that sent the game to extras. So I, I don't know why he threw Buck Farmer there. I do not appreciate that. I, I I mean, I guess I'm not sure exactly who else was available, but that's still just, I don't know. I don't like us throwing Buck Farmer in that situation. Anyways, the Reds were able to get the lead in the top of the 10th on another weird play. Uh, India hit into a fielder's choice, uh, and they threw the ball home. Salvador Perez dropped the ball, and Fredell was able to get his foot in there. And I know watching it, we were watching it, uh, and... I don't know. I, I the first the first thing I thought when I saw that play was he's blocking the plate. He's blocking the plate. Which you know what? When's the last time we've even seen one of those called?
3: Not not, not for a while. Me personally, I think they just kind of ignore it now because half the time they can't see the plate anyway. So it's like, how can you call that they're blocking it if you don't know where the plate actually is? Um, and I think I think he thought that. Um, the um thought like Perez had the ball at yeah. that time so he didn't want to call it but after looking at the review they realized, oh hey the ball's not actually there
2: and and since the ball wasn't there with the ball being dropped by Perez and for I mean Fridell had to do a little bit of gymnastics to get his foot on the plate it was impressive with that but uh I mean oh, it was it was stressful the Reds take the lead they go into the tenth inning and um, they literally had nobody else available in the, uh, in the bullpen. And you know how I know this? Because David Bell sent out the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Karcher. His MLB debut in a save opportunity. This man threw five strikes in the strike zone. He threw nine strikes overall. If you look at the Savant page for his outing, it looks like a Jackson Pollock painting.
3: It was it was rough. It was rough, which I mean you can expect. I mean, getting your first major league date, like your first major league start, in such a crazy moment, you know. There, I mean,
2: there's 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 a balance though between Kurt Casale is. Deserves the win, if I'm being honest, because there were pitches that were above the head of the batter that Kasali, with a runner on third, was able to jump up there and get. I mean, it was it was something. I head to toe, these batters had to look for the ball, um, but well, somehow Karcher gets the save and heck of an interview afterwards. And that that's the one thing that like is fun about this Reds team is is you just see. Uh, these kind of stories and everyone's enjoying themselves. You had like a a great picture I've seen a picture I've seen on Twitter is like you got Jonathan India and a few other players just smiling ear to ear in the dugout like they're having fun. And that's something that we we saw in 2021 and we didn't really see that last year. There wasn't that much fun on that Reds team. And so it, it's nice to get back to that point to where they they're having fun again.
3: Yeah, I, I think that teams always do better when they are having fun. And I think that um, Bell and a lot of the players are trying to bring that kind of culture back into the team because they have seen success from it before. And you can also see it more in like their social media presence as well. They're having a lot more genuine fun. It's not stage photos as much. A lot of it's candid and good moments like that.
2: Absolutely, and you look at the Reds now on a three-game win streak. They're only three and a half games back of the uh, Pirates and the Brewers, so that that's something. That's something for the Reds as they play the Royals again tonight. And we'll have we'll pick up coverage of that in about an hour and a half, seven forty, right here on W A T H. Looking at some other scores from around uh, the league last night, the Tigers walked off the Braves. Uh, That's a big win for the Tigers. They're trying to turn around their season. Spencer Torkelson, I mean, he's kind of been somebody who, like, he was such, so hyped up when he got brought up originally, and he's kind of just not panned out, but it's nice to see him get a walk off.
3: Yeah, that's good for him. A good confidence booster, kind of mix things up a little bit.
2: There was a lot. Then the one thing that surprised me about last night is there was only a slate of uh, uh, eight games, I believe counting yeah eight games half of them went into extras last night the reds royals game went into extras tigers braves went into extras Rockies red Sox went into extras and how about this one angels rangers uh and i don't think i would have believed you if you t- i told you at the beginning of the season that uh, this is for first place in the nl west um but Shohei otani hit two home runs including one in the 12th and uh they beat the Rangers 9-6 to to Los Angeles in 12 innings, and that's, I mean, the Angels are six games above five they They're right in the mix of stuff, and that's good. And I think it kind of flips everything on their head when it comes to Otani because does Otani stay there if they make the playoffs? They're actually competitive for once. For once, they're not wasting Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, are the Angels. Well, so, Carl,
1: let's let's be realistic here for a second because the same thing happened last year. If you remember back like May, June of last year, the, the Angels started out at you know, it's, it's a little bit later this season than last year, but they started out like something along the lines of like 32 and 20 and then it all fell apart. So, I won't trust the Angels until I see it in July August. Obviously, these are the these, these next couple months will be where we'll see the true Los Angeles Angels. Obviously, you've got two of probably the five best players in the sport. But the question has always been with this team for the duration of the time that they've had these two stars is can they put the rest of it together? And we've seen signs that they can this year. But will they? Because that's what always ends up happening with them is, you know, the pitching tends to fall apart, and then the bats can't can't keep up. Um, A team that I do want to talk about, kind of switching gears over back to the National League, is the Arizona Diamondbacks, because they have been phenomenal this year. Corbin Carroll's turned himself into an NL MVP candidate, and they've got a 9-8 win over the Phillies last night, you know, last season's NL pennant winners. Um, And that puts them at 41-25, 16 games over 500. Seems like it might be the breakout year in the desert.
2: Absolutely, and I mean, it's... I did not expect the Diamondbacks to be as good as what they are, but they definitely have been really good, and that game was another weird game last night, because uh, for the Phillies, J.T. Real he hit for the cycle in that loss. I don't think there's very many times where you hit for the cycle and your team loses. Yeah. <laughs> that,
1: that's kind of, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, the Phillies themselves are, are two games under 500. It, it's the dynamic across baseball this year is, is similar to that of of kind of how I felt about the NFL at times last year, where you've got a couple elite teams and then just a lot of not very good teams, a lot of just draws and and, kind of what, what almost feels like filler teams in the middle. Um, You know, when you look at, obviously it's early, right? We are not even at the halfway point of the season yet. There is still tons of moves and things that need to happen before we get to September and October, the business months of the season. But when I look at the the scale of baseball right now, when I look across the divisions, there aren't that many teams that I, I go wow, like they're World Series caliber. Like look at the look at both Central Division. No, I, I
2: they're terrible.
1: Tell me if I'm tell me if I'm lying here, but I don't see any any team in either of those divisions even maybe making it out of DFS.
3: No.
2: Uh, like I could see one team getting on a hot run, but that's about it.
1: Yeah, it's look, and, and there are there are plenty of great teams. The Rays have been phenomenal this year. Um, you know, a lot of teams. I mean, the AL East has kind of picked up the slack for the Central. Don't let me get started about the Yankees. I won't start with them. Um, <laughs>
2: please, please <but> don't. <laughs> it,
1: you know, no, no, trust me. It's not. It's not good talk. I don't. It, it's not. I'm not going to talk happily about the Yankees right now. I'm not pleased with them. But, um, you know, the Blue Jays have had good moments this season. Uh, the Orioles have been another team like the, uh, similar to the Diamondbacks that have kind of had their breakout near this year, Adley Rutschman. is kind of the, the two prospects on either side, the Carroll for the Diamondbacks and then Adley for the Orioles who have kind of reinvigorated franchises. And we know how, how Baltimore was kind of in the dumps for a few years. They've struggled mightily over the past five, six seasons. This is where they're starting to see the fruits of their labor, and that's without their their top pitching prospect, and Grayson Rodriguez playing at a, a top level.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, it, well, I mean,
1: they, and there's more. There's more in that farm system, which is scary to think about.
2: And that's going to be dangle for it, trade bait. I guarantee it, because you're gonna, you they're going to sit yeah. there. They're going to be a piece or two away, and some of the biggest pieces are going to end up in black and orange. Uh, later this season. Well, you I saw last year
1: how, how they were in kind of the, one of the toughest spots at the deadline where they had a guy like Trey Mancini who was playing great baseball, was also a great story. But the, the, the important thing at the deadline is he was playing good baseball. And the question with Baltimore, who were you know on the fringes, they were never winning that division, but they were on the fringes of the wild card race. They're like, do we go all in here or do we wait it out? They, they decided to wait it out. They let Mancini go. They picked up a couple more prospects. They picked up a little bit more cash. And now, this year, where they, they have looked much better this year than they did last year, they were fine last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were pretty good. This year, they have the pieces to potentially make a deep run in October. And you got to think that they made the right decision last year now because when you think about what, how their roster set up, you've got, like you said, Carl, they've got the pieces to go and attack at the deadline. Go get, you know, that dominant pitcher. Go get that that power hitter that's going to make the difference in October.
2: Looking, wrapping up our MLB talk. I think the most interesting game last night was the last one, where the hottest team in baseball beat the best team in baseball, and the Oakland Athletics somehow. Somehow, they have won six straight games. They've swept the Brewers, they won two out of three against the Pirates. Now they've beaten the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a team. This is a team that literally is having an active boycott tonight in their stadium. They're literally having the reverse uh, the reverse protest. Or what? What what are they calling it exactly? The reverse. The reverse
1: boycott.
2: Yeah, the reverse boycott. boycott. That's what it is. Where they're literally that that place is going to be filled for the first time since twenty nineteen, maybe Uh, the wild card game in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the last time that it's been filled up like that, and you know, hopefully, no no uh, structural damage will occur because of it, because I don't know if that thing would survive with the whole capacity in there. But, I mean, it's it's not going to work. I know they're going to try, and it's going to prove its point, but then the MLB is going to sit there and go, look, look at all these people who are A's fans. They're all going to go to Vegas, and the um, Oakland Athletics are going to turn into the San Diego Chargers of the— of the MLB, if they haven't already. Um, but to be able, with all that noise, to suddenly put together a win streak, and all right, the wins against the Pirates and the Brewers aren't that impressive. We've talked in length about how bad the uh, central divisions are, especially the NL Central. Oh, yeah. But beating the Tampa Bay Rays, period, with that team, like, I'm, I remember the only person who I could pick up off of that team uh, that still played on that team oh I don't even remember who it was at this point but I remember there was one person I think it was uh, the only person who I could remember played on this team from memory was Tony Kemp that was it that was the only per- everyone I mean there's a few names that like I recognize on here uh, Brent Rooker I how do I remember how do I know that name I don't remember. Um, but yeah, no, like from memory, there's not that many and it's like, what do you, what do you, I mean, this is a team that's employing Trevor May, like, come on. Uh, so, but they're still winning and I don't know if they'll win tonight against the Rays, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens as they're, they finally can quit saying that they're getting out. They're not, they're finally going to outdraw triple A crowds tonight, so. <laughs> That's that's a win for Oakland for, for certain, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the athletics, but at least they have exciting baseball in the Bay Area in the college ranks with Stanford, who there was just some, was it a full moon last night?
3: Uh, that's a, Let me look at that. Let me look real fast because that, would, that ex- would explain a that lot. That would explain a
2: lot of things that happened in baseball last night. One of the weirdest finishes to a baseball game I think I've ever seen in my life. The bottom half of the ninth inning of that Stanford-Texas game, game three. Winner goes to the Men's College World Series. It was wild. It was one of the craziest things. So first of all, you have a Stanford hitter. Uh, he hits the ball. He go. It goes he thought it go out it goes out of the park it in fact bounced off the very top of the wall right into the second right into the left fielder who threw it into second base the guy almost got out the guy was almost out because of it which would have been crazy in itself but it gets crazier this is at dusk out because it's in Stanford and so it's dusk it's kind of Like, it's 8 o'clock over there, so it's like purples and pinkish up in the sky, plus with the lights on. The game looks to be over um, because you have uh, Bowser. He pops up. It's a flyout. It is legit a flyout. Like, there's no way that this should have been anything other than a flyout. But. Nobody can find it in the lights, nobody can find it in the sky, it drops. And just like that, Stanford's going to the College World Series. And I, I'm i not going to lie, I'm a little bit mad, because I looked away. I look, I see it's a pop-up, I'm like, all right. It's over. I turn back around to continue talking. And then I look back over and I see everyone running around and I'm like, what? No way. Hey,
3: I was hollering. I was hollering at you. I was like, Carl, Carl. It's like, they did it. They won. Like, I was screaming and you were just like, la, 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 la.
2: And I, I mean, <laughs> nobody nobody would have believed that. It, it was, I mean, that was a wild series um, in itself. You had Texas. Uh, putting up a Stanford blew a blew a lead on uh, on uh, Friday or no that was Saturday night Saturday night they blew a lead to um, lose that game I mean Texas I think put up a five spot in the ninth inning to lose to win that game then Stanford able to pull away towards the end of the second game and then this in the last game it was wild was it a full moon?
3: it was not it was a waning crescent but i don't know what that means it's like it's not like a full crescent but it's not like a half it's like in the middle kind of there but something i love so much about playoff college baseball is the like true emotion that comes from the players and like just seeing the faces of the stanford players as they're running around and celebrating their win like there is nothing like that that you can see like yes like professional sports they're excited they're happy but like those college kids are out there, and they are putting their all into it emotionally and physically. You know, sometimes professional players, they're focused on, you know, contracts and all that. But,
2: I, And this brings up a question that we've talked about in length. Me and Jacob Mata have talked about in length. Uh, on the Sports Fan the last about week or so, but we'll bring you guys into the conversation as well, is in game two of that series, Quinn Matthews, Stanford's pitcher, threw an incredible game, had 16 strikeouts, but on 156 pitches. And the thing that stuck with he was at 135 going into the inning, and it was a 5-3 game. I get it, you want to stick with the hot arm. But then Stanford scored three runs. It's a five-run game. There's got to be somebody else in that bullpen. There's got to be someone else in that bullpen. Don't let him go back out there. They, they did. And uh, hopefully he doesn't have any arm troubles going on from that. But, like, I, I want to get – well, we'll start first with you, Sarge. What do you think about somebody going 156 pitches like that in a baseball game?
1: Oh, I I, I did see that. Um, It's – you know what? I, I see the sides of both arguments. I, I agree with with Ashley's point about how the the passion at the college level is is very different to the passion that we see at the professional level. And, and it's nothing against professional athletes because you know they're obviously working their tails off to get to get titles too, but they're getting paid handsomely for it. And yes, in this new age of college sports, you know college athletes are starting to make a lot more money. Um, in their respective fields, but especially when you look at the baseball and the softball, right? Where we're in college softball right now, we're seeing one of the most dominant. Um, we're seeing one of the most dominant teams in recent memory in all of college sports in Oklahoma softball. They they won uh, some stupid amount of games in a row. So, at the end of the day. The other side of that argument is the injuries. You know, 156 pitches is a lot of pitches. What if he throws 157 and he blows out his elbow and he's out for a year and a half? Um, you know, it's about balancing that. But I think I lean a little bit farther towards the, um, you know, the passion side, where if he feels like he can throw 156 pitches. Then, you know what, if he's, if, if and, and I saw his stats, he was absolutely dominant, and he, you know, was, had to put a phenomenal outing out there, screw it. Go for it, right? As long as, you know, as long as you're prepared to spend the next, like, five days on the training table, go ahead. And you're ready to assume those risks that, that you know are with it. But, um, you know, you also have to be careful because, like I said, especially once you get those high pitch counts at any level of baseball, you're risking injury. You're risking, you know, your shoulder, your arm, your elbow. Your, it's a, it's one of the most vicious motions in all sports, throwing a baseball, when you throw a ball that fast. No matter what level you're at, you're risking injury with every single pitch. So you have to be careful. But, uh, you know, the, going back to the passion point, uh, college sports at every level, football, baseball, basketball, you see passion unmatched between... You know, the fans, the students, they're all students together, right? The athletes at colleges and, and students at the schools share a special bond because at the end of the day, they're all there for the same reason. You know, not all of these people are going to go to college to play professional baseball, basketball, football, whatever. They're going to play. Some of them are going to go into the same field that their, you know, their classmates are going to go into. So there's that special bond between students at colleges and students on the field or on the diamond. that I think that this situation kind of just puts that under a microscope a lot more, but it also just reflects on how the college game is, is so revered in in America.
3: I, I agree. I definitely think that um, the college game is definitely, like, it's coming up. And I love that you kind of talked about Oklahoma softball and especially all the tension that Jordy Ball just drew with um, – Putting, putting her name in the portal, not necessarily officially, but pretty much officially. And now we're kind of seeing a chain mm-hmm. reaction of that. And um, that Oklahoma team has a lot of passion too. But just I, I do think that there is a different sense of passion because there's a little bit – I feel like there's a little bit more on the line now in college sports, especially with, like you said, like the amount of money coming in through it and all that. And with how the transfer portal – I mean, you almost anybody right now playing – college baseball or softball has some sort of eligibility that they can toy around with and jump in the portal and whatever like you can it's starting to feel kind of like a professional sport but without that that kind of added you know pressure so they are still able to have those fun moments
2: Absolutely and I mean it, it's been really fun to watch I mean the women's college world series is really fun even with uh, Jordy Ball's weird pitching motion I I'm never going to get I'm never not gonna be weirded out by softball pitching motions that <laughs> take 15 seconds and make me want to sit there and just—it's a buck. it's a buck. it bad wants as a to be a bug. Let me
3: tell you, it's, bad it's as
2: awful. Batter. It looks terrible. I, 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 I guess I side more on the batters than the pitchers with it. But we'll take a break when we come back. We're gonna talk about the NBA Finals as ooh. A little bit of storms rolling in here as you're listening to the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting.
3: Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen.
0: It's the Kim and Ruth show. Well, it's not it's the not Kim, and, Kim the and Ruth show. show. It's really, <laughs> I don't know. tune in to make it happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking
3: about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH
0: to make it happen. Ohio loves to gamble, but this is one bet you will never win. Ohio doesn't require gates and flashing lights at every crossing, so drivers are at risk. Statistics show that gates and lights together prevent more train car accidents than stop signs or crossbucks alone. Please approach all crossings with caution and report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB in this state. Did you do it yet? I just turned 18 yesterday. Just do it now before you forget. Done. Johnny! What just happened? I registered with Selective Service System. Every guy does it when they turn 18. It makes you eligible for college aid and millions of federal jobs. You're a man! Thanks, Mom. Be the man. Register with the Selective Service System today at sss.gov. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies weekdays at 5:30 on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS.
1: You are listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
2: It's a sports fan, uh, Carl Blaylock and Ashley Beach with you in studio. Ethan Sargent over the phone. But uh, how about uh, about the NBA Finals last night? My Miami Heat trying to stave off elimination did not happen. Uh, they fall 94-89, and uh, it was not a pretty basketball game. Um, it felt like we were – it really felt like we were transported back to 2003. Um it was not like... It was San Antonio Spur basketball. Um, I there was stretches in the fourth quarter i remember sitting there and just going i want to claw my eyes out this is not watchable basketball it was awful you had one stretch in like a minute where you had three turnovers by each team they go down the court they throw the ball the ball would bounce all the way around over up and around and everywhere and then at the where'd the ball go oh the ball is uh, out of bounds okay or No, now the ball's going the other way. Oh, no, they lost the ball in an alley Oh, no, it went off the backboard. It was a brick. It was thrown away. And now they're running back the other way, and they tripped and fell over a line, and the ball's out of bounds. It was like that for about four minutes. Four minutes of game time, it was like that. It was miserable to watch, especially when you, it's one of your teams sitting there in it, and they still can't dribble. They can't shoot. It was... I, I remember sitting there and going... This, this is the pinnacle of professional basketball in the world. This.
3: I will say um, my Taylor Swift theory was wrong because Denver did end up winning and not Miami. Um, I personally did not catch the game because... I was at work for the better half of the game. You
2: didn't miss much.
3: (laughs) That's what I have heard. My roommates were kind of watching the game on their phone a little bit, keeping up with updates. And by the time I got home, they are like, oh, yeah, it's in the fourth quarter. But at one point, they were like, it's a one-point game. It's a one-point game. And then it was just over with.
2: Yeah. Uh, The Heat only scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. And I I think the most disappointing thing of this series was Jimmy Butler. Um I think Jimmy Butler. I mean, we talked about honestly. Jimmy Butler was playing like Michael Jordan at the beginning of this playoffs, and even even into the conference finals. Um, it, it, he just he looked incredible, and then just a switch just flipped after Game Three of the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe it was Shakira. Who knows? Who knows?
3: Don't blame Shakira.
2: Um. All I'm saying is that. Uh, you know, after he's after Shakira showed up in game th- after game three, Jimmy didn't play the same the rest of the postseason. That's all I'm saying. But I mean, it's an elimination game. He had 21 points, I guess, but most of those were free throws. He shot five for 18 from the field. That's not a winning performance. Um, and just nobody, nobody was able to score points. It was Jimmy and Bam the entire series. But I'm, I'm just really disappointed in Jimmy because I mean he, he in his legacy in this series went to one of like Tracy McGrady and maybe even higher than Tracy McGrady where he, you know he could take over games and win. He's turned into this generation's Reggie Miller with this uh, with this series, I think, to where he can give you, absolutely incredible performances but he either doesn't have the cast around him or he just doesn't show up in the big games and he can't do it and it it's it's frustrating as a heat fan but you know what it's okay thinking about it you know we had a great absolutely great season um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the playoffs that we made the playoffs, I would not have believed you. <laughs> not at all. I mean, we barely made the playoffs, and we somehow ended up in the finals. No, I didn't even think we were going to win. I didn't even think we were going to get in the playoffs for times. I mean, we lost to, like, the Charlotte Hornets at one point. It was like, we lost to the Hornets. How... How in the world did we lose to the Hornets? There's no chance we're doing anything in the playoffs. We're going to get killed by the Bucks. And then, lo and behold, somehow we made it to Game Five of the NBA Finals. Um, also, in case you're wondering, uh, another interesting thing about this series is both times that the an eight seed have made the NBA Finals, the series has ended in five. Uh, do you know? Do you know who the teams were in the nineteen ninety nine finals?
3: Any guesses? Um, that's a really great question, Carl. I guess. Guess. Okay. Um, it definitely wasn't the Bulls. Nope. Um, I'm gonna just randomly guess. Um, a California team. Nope. Okay. Um, a Midwestern team, maybe.
2: Uh, no, not really.
3: Okay. Um, was it a New York team?
2: One. The New York team was the eight seed.
3: Okay. So was it the Knicks? Yes. Oh yes. Okay. So the Knicks, and I'm gonna. I don't know much about the divisions and all that, but was it maybe a Boston team?
2: Nope. Nope. Not Boston. Uh, it was San Antonio. Oh. San Antonio uh, defeated. The Knicks in five games in the 1999 Finals, and I've, I've talked about this several times. But the final score of that game is like terrible. You want to guess the final score of the game deciding game in 1999? Any any guesses? Any guesses on what the final score would? There
3: be? There was definitely like a 20 point difference at least. No, no, no. It
2: was cl- it was a close game. Oh, it was a
3: close game. When close you say game. terrible, I'm like, okay, something got was, blown out. No. Was it like a two-point difference?
2: It was 78-77. to 77.
3: Oh, that's so painful. <laughs> that's so painful.
2: It was basketball in the 90s. It was Spurs basketball. The, the early 2000s were, the late 90s and early 2000s was a rough time for the game of basketball with that. Um, but for Miami sports fans, though, they at least have one team remaining for now. Uh, as the Florida Panthers are trailing 3-1 to the Golden Knights, but they have a chance to extend the series tonight, uh, there was some wild finish to game, a wild finish to game five, or game four, excuse me, on Saturday. Uh, the Panthers trying to, they got on the power play, then they had the empty net, so they had a two-man advantage trying to score, uh, against the Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill makes a pretty good save, uh... Everyone starts just kind of moshing together. Somebody skates in from about the blue line and comes in and just tries to bowl everybody over. Uh, Florida Panthers player, and then everything breaks loose. All at the horn, you have a line brawl. And uh, Matthew Kachuk, my goodness. He, He has been incredible. He's the reason why the Panthers are where they're at right now. But, boy, is he a hothead. He he has instigated so many fights, and I mean he's just sitting there whacking guys with a stick uh, during these during the fight at the end of this game, and it's like, what are you doing, man? He's injured, and that's a big blow for uh, that's a big blow for Florida because Florida's not Florida has really uh, been carried by Kachuk, especially in the last two series. So it's going to be interesting to see if. Somebody else can step up, maybe Sam Reinhardt, um, but somebody else is going to have to step up, and playoff Bob is going to have to be in full force, and in the good way, not in the meme way of playoff Bob gives in four goals, so I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, the NHL game tonight, I personally do not like Vegas, um, you know, because Vegas, it's insane to look at it. Vegas has been around for only about seven years.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they, they started in, 28, 2017, 2018. In their first season, they make the final, lose to Washington. The next see, and like they were a feel-good story then. Everyone was kind of like happy about them. 2019 comes around and one of the most infamous game sevens in hockey history. Uh, they, they're playing the San Jose Sharks first round game, and Joe Pavelski gets uh, knocked down onto the ice. There's blood everywhere, and they call a five-minute major penalty against the Golden Knights. And still to this day, Vegas fans will complain all the time about this penalty, and that's understandable why. Uh it 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 it's understandable why but I think it was a good penalty. Now what they cannot complain about is the fact they were up 3 at this point.
3: <laughs>
2: they gave up four power play goals in the 5 minute power play and they were down 1 at that point. And then they they were able to get one back to send it to overtime and then they lost in overtime and this was on top of them. They'd already blown a 3-1 lead to get to the game 7.
3: They choked. There's there's one thing about hockey. There are hockey players who are there to play hockey, and there are hockey players who are there strictly to be mischievous. Nothing else.
2: The enforcers. Yes. Uh, and it was it was something and then I mean, they just—they've had a history of kind of choking. You know, they—they choked that series. They choked again in 2020 to Dallas. They choked in 2020 in 2021. They allowed one of the worst teams to ever make a Stanley Cup final to make a Stanley Cup final in the Montreal Canadiens that team was absolutely terrible and they somehow made the stanley cup final because vegas could not figure out how to guard them
3: i guess it's vegas i mean it they it, 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 they i i'm relatively new to hockey i enjoy hockey a lot but i'm relatively new to like nhl and all i all i know from vegas is they somehow managed to either be really really great or really really not great in pressure situations And I think this is going to be an interesting game because, I mean, there is some tensions there with Florida and with the way last game ended that I could see kind of making Vegas stumble a little bit in the first part of the game.
2: It was just so chaotic, the finish of that game. You have the line brawl going on and you have rats raining down from the stands. They're throwing rats and water bottles and anything they can find. Um, But I don't know if that's really going to propel Florida much in the – you know, in the rest of the series, but uh, Sarge, what do you what do you think about tonight's game between the Golden Knights and the Panthers?
1: Um, I struggle to see the series continuing. <laughs> that that uh, I'm going to be pretty blunt. Um, I get Matthew Kachuk has has been you know their star, and and no Kachuk is is rough.
2: Um, is he out? Out? I
1: I don't know. I, I'm going to have to take a look if Kachuk.
2: I'm pretty sure he's play or
1: not. I think he's going to regardless, tr- Yeah. Even if he plays, right? He's not going to be 100%. And he it's going to be a struggle and and, and when you look at the South Florida teams, it's going to be a it, it, the paths very much mirror each other between the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers and it may end the exact same way that uh the Heat's path ended last night. Um You know the Vegas has been the best team throughout these playoffs. Um, I think the biggest difference between Florida and the Heat's run was that, uh, well, honestly, again, Florida took down a juggernaut in Boston. Um, Miami, yes, uh, yes, the Bucks were good, but when you compare, like the Bucks, like forget the sports, compare the Bucks to the Bruins, the Bruins were like historically good in the the,
2: the Bruins set records. set records. They set records in the NHL this season.
1: Yeah. The Bruins were up three one. And still somehow the Panthers found a way to win that series. Um they fought so much adversity throughout these playoffs. And you know, they got a lot more adversity. They're they're staring down the barrel of another three one deficit. That was the one thing that the Heat did not have to face. They were they never went down like that in a series. They almost blew it when they were up that high in the Boston series. But, you know, they found a way to pull it out but now they're done. So, I will say that this Panthers team has had their back against the wall the entire playoff. Since even before the playoffs. They only snuck in the back door to get in the playoffs in the first place. So, it'll be a battle. I expect goals. I expect um, a fight from the Panthers but I think in the end, like, they've proved all playoffs that that the Golden Knights will finally, at home, Get over the hump and um, get that cup that they've been chasing ever since they joined the league.
2: It'll be interesting to see. You looked up, uh, Kachuk is a game time decision uh, with an upper body injury. Uh, what that more than likely means is that uh, he probably, you know, he probably has like a cracked rib or something's wrong with his arm or shoulder, and he's just going to go, eh, I'll play anyways. So, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the smelling salts will be out in full force for Kachuk, I'm sure. Uh, but we'll have, to, we'll have to see what happens tonight. I, I also agree with you. I, I don't think that Florida continues the series, especially without Kachuk being 100%. I think Vegas wins. I'm going to be disappointed by that. I, I don't want Vegas to win. But I think they do finish it off tonight, and I could see it get ugly like what it was in Game 2. Uh, where Vegas just starts piling it on. But we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have our surefire hot picks, and uh, we'll find something to talk about here on The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting.
0: Here's what's going on. It's peanut butter jelly time. It's peanut butter jelly time. That's right. It's time for the 16th annual peanut butter and jelly project. Let's feed kids in Athens County this summer. How you say? Well, you can help out by organizing a PB and J drive. Place a box in a shared office space to collect jars from members of your organization. Make it a fun competition. And when you get a winner, call us and we'll come pick it up. Or you can make a financial donation to the PB and J project. Any monetary donation will be used to purchase bread and jars of jelly and peanut butter butter to distribute through the summer or you can drop off a personal donation at the Athens County Children's Services. Please make sure it's in all original packaging. There will be a collection box in front of Building 10. Call the Athens County Children's Services at 740-592-3061 for more information. That's what's happening from your friends at 970 and 97.3 FM WATH Power 105. Robotic Technology minimally invasive procedures, custom
1: joint replacement, and 3D imaging. These are advanced surgical procedures available at Holzer. Our game-changing advancements provide quality outcomes, which means you return to living your life sooner. With Mako and DaVinci Robotics, we are taking
0: surgical care to the next level. Think Holzer first family dinners, game nights, and holiday parties. It all happens at home. June is Home Ownership Month, and the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, Departments of Commerce and Insurance, want to help Ohioans realize the dream of homeownership. Visit myohiohome.org for more information on how to find a real estate agent, down payment assistance, and more. If you're ready to buy a home, help is available. Visit myohiohome.org. Homeownership, make it a part of your future. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency and aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970
1: WATH.
2: This is a sports fan, Carl Blaylock, uh, Ashley Sargent, and Ethan Sargent's on us with the phone. As uh, we've just got about seven minutes left here on today's sports fan, it's time for our Surefire hot picks. And we'll start first with uh, Ethan. What is your Surefire hot pick uh, for this evening?
1: Yeah, Carl, we're going to go to the world of Major League Baseball. We talked about these two teams earlier. We talked about the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Um, I talked about the Diamondbacks, but I'm actually going against them tonight. Pitching tonight for the Phillies, Zach Wheeler. His career renaissance in Philadelphia has really been something to behold. Uh, I mean... A lot of New York Mets fans will remember his, uh, his fan, a couple fantastic seasons and a couple not-so-fantastic seasons. But he has been really good this year in Philly. He's got uh, a 3.9 ERA, which is not the best in the world, but he has been looking better across his last couple starts. Uh, through seven, seven and a third uh, of one-hit ball in his last matchup. Um, I'm going to go for his over on the strikeout. Uh, he's got six and a half on the app that I'm using. I'm going to say Zach Wheeler throws over six and a half strikeouts tonight against the Diamondbacks.
2: Interesting bet. Ashley, what's yours?
3: Um, we're going to go back to hockey, and I'm going to take the uh, Panthers over the Golden Knights. Specifically, because I believe in matters of the heart and the head, and I think that the Panthers are going to have a little bit of extra aggression out on the ice tonight. I definitely think they feel like they have something to prove, especially after the way last the last game ended. And I think that they might they might shock some people. I mean, they shocked me when they beat when they beat my Maple Leafs, you know. Um, so I think they have it in them, but it it's going to just take that to get them out there. I don't know much about betting and money lines.
1: You're so. the maple.
2: You're a Maple Leafs fan.
3: Yeah, the, it's a long story, but I am a Maple Leafs fan.
2: I'm disappointed.
3: <laughs> it's a long, long, long story, but you you would think it was really funny if I told it to you.
2: I uh, will. We'll, off air, we'll listen to that story. Uh, my surefire hot pick is going to be the Cincinnati Reds. They're facing the Kansas City Royals. And I want to take a look at Kansas City's starting pitcher for this evening's game, Jordan Lyles. He's 0-10 on the year with an ERA of 6.84. He does have 55 strikeouts, which is probably the only reason why he's still on the team, especially with a whip of 1.29. He's 0-5 at home. has a 5.23 ERA at home, even though he has a 33 uh, strikeouts. But, I mean... Uh, He's pitched 73 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's given up 56 earned runs, 18 home runs. Yikes. Yikes. He he somehow did a complete game. How in the world did he pitch a complete game? That is insane. Um, his uh, His last few, he's looked a little bit better. And by a little bit better, I mean he hasn't been a uh, dumpster fire. Uh, uh, he's only averaging giving up. He's only averaging giving up. A uh, little bit of quick math here. Well, he, he's only given up 22 earned runs in the last five five starts. That's 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 better. That's better. But. I mean, especially against how hot the Reds' uh, starting lineup's been. Even with Brandon Williamson on the mound, I, I would take Kansas City. But that is wild. How, how is somebody as an 0-10 record still on the Major League roster? You know, we've talked at length about how bad the Oakland Athletics are. Maybe we need to talk more at length and start having a conversation about how bad the Kansas City Royals are. Because they're about to get passed by the Athletics. They're only a half game ahead of the Athletics at this point. Um we need and to start Aroldis having this conversation
1: been really good. He has. All this Chapman's been the one bright spot on that team and Bobby Witt Jr too. But um Chapman has looked like his his Cincinnati self at times.
2: I disagree with that because he didn't walk a ton of people last night, and he wasn't throwing 100 every pitch. <laughs> I remember go. i remember, I m remember one of my first ever MLB game was right when Chapman. It wasn't right when Chapman was called up, but it was like his first few years in the MLB. And I remember it was a Marlins game. It was five. We won five to four. Um, but I remember he walked the bases loaded, because for whatever reason, the Reds pitchers, they would have these closers that would be absolutely incredible, but for whatever reason, whenever I went to a game of theirs, they would walk the bases loaded before finally remembering how to pitch. It happened with Chapman, it happened with Rysel Glacius as well. I hope it doesn't happen with Alexis Diaz if uh, I end up making it to a game this year, but it, it you know, I don't understand it, but... I'm a little bit happy for Chapman. I've seen a little bit of rumblings on Red's Twitter that they want him back. Why, why not trade for him? And I, I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't, I don't trust Chapman to be that good. Um, I'm still salty at him as well for uh, blowing up in Game 7 of the 2016 World Series because I went to bed. I thought he was actually that good and that he was actually going to, you know, close down the game. And then he didn't. And I woke up the next morning and to realize I missed one of the greatest baseball games of all time. Still salty about that. Anyways, that'll wrap up this sports fan for this Tuesday, June 13th. We'll be back tomorrow, me and Jacob Mata. Uh, we'll talk everything. We'll talk about hopefully a Reds victory. And whatever else we can find, probably some NHL as well, right here on the Sports Fan on 970 WATH.